Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 137, episode 2 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production yeah. of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's share consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, yeah. fuck Fox News, fuck Rush Limbaugh. Oh, and good. Oh, that's new. Is it Limbaugh or Limbaugh? Limbaugh. 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 <laughs> uh, and fuck Buck Sexton. Yeah. Have you seen that guy? There, wow. I don't want. I don't want to look at him. Oof. Uh, it's Tuesday, June 9th, twenty twenty. My name is Jack O'Brien, aka Potatoes O'Brien, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host Lil Zam herself, Jamie Loftus. Hi. It's nice to hear your voice. I've been uh, no. from from afar this past week. Yeah, uh, you've been missed. Hi, but it has Mr. been a week. Um, yeah, Miles has taken the day uh, since he packed uh, like three years worth of episodes into a single week last week. Um, yeah, I'm very glad. Yes, me too. Uh, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious, the talented Sarah June. Yo, gotta talk low because my voice is gone. I don't have a voice anymore. I'm sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> it sounds good. It's. I don't think anyone's going to have any trouble differentiating our voices <laughs> on today's episode. Uh, what? How'd you? How'd you lose your voice? Was there some sporting event that I wasn't aware of? Uh, yeah, it was that a you sporting event over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, it was like um, one team that was like twenty thousand people, and then um, one team that was uh, no, none of those people showed up. So, well, they were. Uh-huh. I heard. I heard the other team was actually undercover in the crowd. Uh, oh, <laughs> if you saw a sign that was spelled poorly by someone looking very nervous, that I heard was someone from the other team. That makes a lot of sense because I did I not see people that anybody in a uniform over blocks and blocks and blocks, and there were sure a lot of fucking helicopters. There sure were, and uh, those gigantic, uh, what should I call it? Those huge drones. Yeah, big too. big drones. I yeah, felt the presence of the other the teams. Yeah. yeah, the presence of the other team was there, but you know what else was there? A lot of teenagers very happy with protest signs. I'd it love to see great. that. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Do you uh, were were the police doing performative misspelling? Is that a thing that they're doing? <laughs> like they're like, we're just like you guys. We're we're just kids riding around with their on their skateboards with like misspelled words. No, because cops can't ride skateboards. It's physically oh, yeah. impossible. Easy <laughs> litmus test. <laughs> yeah. They're not flexible enough to like bend their knee enough no. to like push on the ground. No, um, their knees are all their knees are all fucked up. All yeah. of them have fucked up knees and they can't. Yeah. Um well, so were you guys both at uh protests or marches over the over the weekend? Yeah. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah. Oh yeah, baby. Uh, it was awesome. good. I mean, I I don't know what your experience was, Sarah, but I I was somewhere on Saturday morning. I was downtown, and the National Guard was still fully there, fully suited up. The cop presence was gigantic, and then uh, Sunday, not so much. 
Yeah, um, very interesting because I've been at stuff all last week and yeah. sometimes there were more cops than people, you know, especially yeah, towards yeah. the ends when people were dispersing. And that's kind of the point. But then at the really big one, they didn't even have any lines of cops like blocking off streets or anything, which was which was interesting. But, and go uh, figure, things went just yeah, fine. Things, things went it's fine, almost like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like they got the sense that driving their car into crowds of people at a uh, at protests of their uh, misuse of force w- was a bad look, and so they yeah. uh, went undercover. It would appear some cities still haven't quite gotten that. No, yeah, Seattle, uh, Portland. It's slow. They have slow Shout internet. Out to y'all. Some people <laughs> yeah, have, slow have slow internet, internet and up in Seattle. It hasn't. Yeah, Seattle's yeah. like they're trying to read uh, the email, and it's just a four hundred four. And the email says, don't drive a car into a crowd of people. Right. Is that yeah. one of the eights that can't wait? Yeah. Don't drive a car into a crowd of people. Cops don't should not drive, drive cars car into a crowd, into of, a crowd of, people. of people. Yeah. yeah. I Yeah. There's a lot of my, my, the good one, the really the best eight that can't wait is uh, quit your job is that's mm-hmm. the one that I if think make, really can't wait. If you make that number one, then the other seven really aren't relevant. Yeah. Then it's just one that can't wait and it's quit your fucking job. If you're a cop, how many cops do you think ahead of uh, Saturday and Sunday when they were like, okay, well, we're not going to go? It, like, I can just picture them having the thought that, like, and then all hell's going to break loose. What are you going to do then? And just, <laughs> and just like sitting back and watching in horror as it was like completely peaceful and they have to come to the realization that maybe they were the problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is really funny to think about undercover cops walking around like with their concealed weapon, just like on edge the whole time, right. looking around, looking right. for action. And all they see is just like people handing out sandwiches and bottles of water and like right. people with their children and stuff. The mutual aid at marches that has been like organizing, even over the course of the past week, has been so great. Like yesterday, it was you couldn't take three steps without someone being like, Do you need to hydrate? I'm like, Yes. No, but like this is so I've great. never been offered so many it's, bottles of water in my fucking yeah. life. I felt like I ate like two meals. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I, it it was somebody, wonderful. Somebody brought like 20 pizzas. There were just like 20 pizzas oh, wow. and they were like, yeah. And the nice thing about the pizza is like, you know, everybody was being very conscious of COVID stuff where they were just like, here's an open box of pizza. Like take one if you want. You know, they're mm-hmm. not like touching it and handing it to you. Right. It was very That's, nice. It's so cool seeing how protest like etiquette and ways to participate in protests that are not necessarily you know um running running up against a line of cops are that kind of information is being spread in a way that i have never seen like this is like hardcore protest shit where it's like bring water you know and now Mm -hmm. everybody knows it people yeah in the space of a week people have like learned how to effectively protest in almost any situation and it's yeah. like not not great that people had to learn how to defend themselves against cops but it's i mean people are fucking adaptable like in the space of a week thousands and thousands and thousands of people have learned how to protect themselves and the people around them it's been yeah been a yeah. week, been a week. I, uh, i've also week. been i've been like pleasantly surprised as well of um, at least, I mean, and it's like this, I can only speak to like my 
own timeline, really, but that people have been good about going to get COVID testing afterwards, in spite of the fact, like in LA, that it was made almost impossible to do. People are still doing it. Um, and I have not, I mean, there, there are definitely, uh, spikes in other areas of the country, but in a lot of areas where protesters are getting tested, as long as, you know, you were, you had your hand sanitizer, you, like you were saying, sorry, you came prepared, the tests are coming back negative. That's good. I really, once again, I'm really happy to be on the side of, of the people who believe in germ theory. Uh, yeah. because that seems to be it coming helps. In, in handy. Yeah I, yeah, I was watching those Buffalo police uh, at their protest, uh, and none of them were wearing masks or social distancing, or, you know, they were just all... Yeah. all well, they're, they're using it, you know. Like, yeah. Garcetti took the COVID testing away for a couple days, and that's, that's fucking bioterrorism. Um, yeah. That's, like, a thing dictators do. And uh, in New York, I heard, um, you know, none of the cops are wearing masks. And for people that have been arrested once they're in the van, I, I heard about a cop like pulling a guy's mask down and spitting in his face because because they know that that if they have COVID, they want to fucking give it to you. Right. right. The Yeah. I mean, and the stories about people who have gotten arrested and the conditions that they're immediately subjected to sometimes in city buses as well. It's just like fucking abysmal. Yeah. Do you think we should just abolish it? I don't know. What do you I think? I don't know. We we might uh we might end up talking about that. Uh, I don't think it's talk. I don't think it sparks yep. joy anymore. <laughs> Does it <laughs> you think Marie we should Kondo get rid of it by Marie Kondo logic? Uh yeah. So now when I Does put my hand on a joy? badge, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. Okay. Uh we're also gonna talk about eight can't wait as it compares to plans to uh abolish. Uh, police forces we'll talk about that fox news graphic uh about how the s&p 500 go up after black bodies are killed and uh we'll talk about whether we're in like a new stage of msm coverage of protests where they're acknowledging the violent backlash from police well we'll talk about all that plenty more but first arjun we like to ask our guest what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? I um, recently searched uh, to find who was the costume designer on the movie Hackers, 1995. Um, that movie I recently watched for the first time on VHS. You're welcome. Uh, and it was life-changing. One of the best movies I've ever seen in terms of how advanced all of the costumes are. And also, I have never screamed so much watching a movie because everything they were saying made no sense. It's like when you watch cable news and people say stuff and you're just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like, so what? when you say their clothes are wearing are advanced, like what do you mean by that? Okay, so it's, it's, it's hard to describe, but um, basically in the movie, it is, it is about... Number one, Matthew Lillard's costumes in that movie are the best thing. So Matthew Lillard plays peak this like Lillard. teen, teen, yeah, peak, peak Lillard, Lillard, teen hacker. He's he's got like shoulder length hair and he's wearing it in four braids. So they they're like the size of pigtails, but there's four of them around his head. But they're not they're not like braids, braids. They're not like little braids. They're just four. He's just got four braids on his head. They're just braids. They're yeah. just braids. And there is another hacker who the first time you see him is wearing 
two separate leopard print items. He's wearing a leopard print top and he's wearing leopard print pants. There's a lot of chains. Um, Matthew Lillard wears a lot of like really, oh my God, at one point Matthew Lillard wears a sweater vest that mm-hmm. that is the Lou Reed Transformer sweater, but the yes. top is like glittery and scalloped. And he wow. wears that and then he wears a belt that has a rag doll on it for no reason. Like connected, just hanging from it? Just on the belt. Most of Matthew Lillard's costumes, I would say, in this movie weigh at least 30 pounds. Like, yeah. But then he's also wearing these like paper thin, paper thin tank tops a lot. Yeah. But then his pants are like extremely weighed down. It's, and also, oh my God, Angelina Jolie in this movie, please. Like, Mm -hmm. she wears the coolest fucking biker jacket I've ever seen. At one point, she wears like um, just an all white. Everybody is wearing like O'Neill sport tops in this, you know, mm-hmm. like the rash guard. She's wearing rash guards the whole movie. I Here's, mean, what is, the, the tini glasses, tiny little glasses. The, li- Wait, the line. How old was Angelina I, Jolie when this movie came out? Uh, uh, she must young. Have been very young. Yeah, there. We did a we we it, for some reason did a Bechdel cast on this episode. I know why. It was because my birthday. It was my birthday, and I wanted to. Uh, but the. the <laughs> The line that always <laughs> sticks with me, like there's so many corny lines, but the the line that it's like, there is no right or wrong. There's only fun and boring. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. What Hack the planet. Mean? Hack the planet, baby. And you like that because it completely defines your generation, right? And this is, yeah. Absolutely. shaped by this. Um, there's one point where um, the main character, whose name is Dade, uh, gets uh-huh. an email. AKA crash override. Crash override, aka zero cool. Um, he gets so there's this like FBI agent who's trying to get him to be a hacker for the FBI or whatever, and he sends Dade an email. But the but he doesn't just send him an email that Dade reads on his computer. What happens? What you see is Dade receives a package in the mail. He signs for a package. He opens the package. Inside the package is a tiny computer. He opens the computer and there's a video of the FBI guy going, hey, don't you want to join the FBI? And then Data's like, oh, fuck. Imagine if every time you got an email, you had to sign for a package and somebody gave you like just a little computer. It's just the most retro future shit you can imagine. And it's like so hard to wrap my head around because it's so different from how we actually use the internet. And yet this movie was made less than 30 years ago. That's amazing. It's this very is, amazing. Was, my favorite uh, I- example of Hollywood, like movies misunderstanding uh, the way computers function is from the year before that disclosure where they use virtual reality to like store files in a filing cabinet. So it's just the very basic interface of like what a desktop computer does, but they are doing it via like walking down a hallway and like opening Mm -hmm. a door to like steal the file that is like hidden there. Um, Yes. It it sounds like we're we're working with a similar version. Exactly. There is 90s Hollywood was was desperately trying to take the most boring age of computers, which was just like straight up, it's like numbers on a screen. Like it's you can't really gateway. do anything. It's just gateway. Shit, yeah. But they're trying to make it visually interesting. So in all of the scenes where data is hacking, 
you just get a close up on his face and then it cuts to like a DMT sort of visual of like all these like Fibonacci spirals and like <laughs> uh, equations floating across the screen like over and over. You got to watch it. I appreciate the effort. I really appreciate cuz it's there's I think that there's in any year where there is a googling sequence or a coding sequence it's never fun to watch. It's never, yeah. ever, ever Correct. fun to watch. But the fun part that, so I appreciate that they made the effort. And I also like, my favorite part of any frantic Googling sequence, like especially on TV, is like what word they come up with that the isn't Google. Google or Bing. Yes. Yeah, they're like, it's booble. And you're just yeah. like, yeah. Gobble. Yeah, yeah, we gotta gorkle this. <laughs> You're like you have to what? <laughs> they do this a lot on Riverdale, where they like they replace the name with something very close, but they always make the characters say it out loud. So yeah, they're always like, we gotta gorkle this. <laughs> or or there was that like phase of television that I want to. It's it's tapered off now, as far as I know. But like in the early 2010s, there was a lot of I think Bing money being sunk into getting oh. name drops on TV shows. Where it would be just like, I don't know. Oh my God. I don't know where it is. I guess I got to bing it. You're like, oh, <laughs> yikes. Yeah, you see people scrolling through pages of bing results and you're like, what? Oh, what is it? <laughs> Has anyone done this before? Didn't bing get caught for like just basically using Google results also? They got binged. They just, like, <laughs> plugged Google into their thing. That's um, so funny. Yikes. What's something you think is underrated, Sarju? Underrated, I would have to say community services, uh, things like education and and healthcare. Those are those are strongly underrated in our in our city and in our city's budget. Permanent mm. supportive housing, very underrated. Nobody's nobody's here's my Trump. Here's my here's my good Trump. Nobody's talking about permanent supportive housing. Everybody should be talking about <laughs> I do a terrible Trump. He I'm so sorry I subjected you to that. Yeah. It's always in the um, tip of his tongue. Yeah. 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 And what is something you think is overrated? I think the police overrated. <laughs> I think it's the cops. I think it's the cops. I think yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to you see because um because I screamed so much, I'm trying to speak in a high voice. And this is yeah. what it sounds like. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's gonna be so many people in the fucking comments being like, I hate to hear your voice. Yeah. <laughs> People are always sorry. cool when communicating. People are always cool. Are How they feel about your voice, totally on podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's. it's I think police are overrated in the sense that they don't really solve any of the problems they're supposed to solve. So maybe we should try some other solutions. Yeah. yeah, I've been enjoying the threads of. I'm not enjoying is the wrong word, but like the like it is cathartic to see the threads of you know like blue check hot takers being like, well, what what do you do if you are assaulted? Don't you need a cop? And then it's just like five trillion replies of like, here's when I tried to get support from a cop when I was assaulted. And it's like, it, you, yeah. it doesn't happen. It doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah. It's just everybody going like, I was raped and the police laughed at me or gave me the wrong kit or told me to go home and take a shower or like they took the kit and then they lost it. And like, I mean, I had a fucking real blast from the past um somebody commented on one of those threads about a, f a person that i knew who had been murdered in their home extremely randomly by somebody who had been reported to the police as having assaulted people in their homes like the day before 
Christ. And it was like, that was one of the most, I guess, impactful interactions I ever had with police. I would have to say like, uh, you know, my coworker being beaten to death in her home by a random stranger and nothing ever coming of it and nothing ever happening of it. And then them saying, well, it was probably this guy who killed himself a couple days later. And then also a few years ago when I called the police so that they could take me to the mental hospital so I wouldn't kill myself. And then when they got there, they tried to talk me out of it. That was weird. Why would you tell somebody who says, I want to kill myself, you should stay home when they've called you for help? Jesus. That was just fucking it's... weird. Weird yeah. is the correct word for it. Yeah. There, there's just... <laughs> I would have to say quirky. And sometimes... Even lady cops do it. There, that's another thing that was <laughs> incredibly frustrating. Was where oh like when God. I went to like report my rape to the police, they were they made a big show of being like, "We're gonna don't worry, we're gonna let you talk to a lady." Don't cop. worry, and then we got a woman on it, and then I just got gaslighted by a lady cop, uh, yeah. and and nothing ever came of it. So it's almost it's almost like being being a man or a woman doesn't actually make a difference in how you deal with systemic problems in. Huh. Up in an organization like the police. Cops of all genders have failed. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. they cops quit your job. <laughs> I think that there's a a Twitter thread by uh, this woman, Bridget Eileen, that I found myself forwarding to so many people over the weekend, just uh, where she explains away all of the uh, you know fears and knee jerk reactions people have to the idea of abolishing the police finally what is a myth what's something people think is true you know to be false <laughs> well here's a myth also all sex dolls are normal sized it's fake did you know there are tiny sex dolls tiny sex dolls there are tiny Wait, sex dolls unpack that okay never mind how but i found some porn um <laughs> and uh the porn was titled bath time with my tiny sexy doll and it turns out that there are a lot of videos of um, guys with sex dolls that are, it's essentially a fleshlight, but with arms and legs and a doll's head. It's like made of silicone and it's about the size of a dick. Um, mm -hmm. And so the, the doll is, I would say larger than a Barbie, but not that much larger. You know, like, honestly, I'm sorry, Jamie, but it's about the size of an American Girl doll. Um, oh, no, oh. that's actually a helpful... Uh, yeah, that's, that's helpful <laughs> yes. to know. Not as thick as an American Girl doll. Not as actual body size as an American. It looks more like a Barbie in terms of its proportions. Um, and the face on these dolls, not smiling. Um, not smiling mm -hmm. dolls. Yeah. So oh. there's all these videos of guys um, fucking their tiny sexy dolls. Um, the American all over girls the world. are also not smiling. They're just showing their their front teeth. They're like they're showing mm -hmm. their front teeth. Yeah. yeah, but these the sex dolls have this expression of like like a wide-eyed, you know, a wide-eyed not smiling, it's it's sinister. And I'm, uh, I, I'm having trouble picturing this, but if it looks anything Why don't you like give it no a Google? Mm, you know why don't you know? give it a Google, Jamie? Smarty. Why don't you bing it? <laughs> I gotta bing, bing it. it. Wait, what does this I doll look like? This. I've gotta bing it. There. <laughs> uh, well, that's horrible. Yeah, um, it is It is horrible, but I, I really encourage anybody who wants to... <laughs> have a bad time to watch some of these tiny sex doll videos. Um, and what I really like is that people title them the same kinds of titles that they give to other kinds of porn. Uh, like, I, I mean, I don't know if this is a family podcast. Um, 
on which I'm talking <laughs> about pornography. Uh, but yeah, go just go give them a look. They're art. They're art. People are filming them fucking their tiny sex dolls in 4K in slow-mo. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a whole new world, dude. Uh, We're in, oh, God. The things that you can see. I yes. don't like just, to watch porn very much. Not because I don't like to watch porn, but because so much porn actively turns me off. And it's like when you're looking for porn, I'm like, yeah, fun, fun porn. And then you see all this stuff and you're like, I never want to have sex again. Uh, All right, guys, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. (laughs) So the Minneapolis City Council announced plans to uh, abolish the police force or defund is it defund or abolish or both i guess i believe it is disband 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 right. are we clear which... on exactly what that means i'm sure that the the wording is being chosen very carefully yeah um, i'm sure and i'm still learning about everything and they're announcing they're announcing plans to do so so it's not like that that's one thing that kind of jumped into my mind is like we've seen how petulantly uh the police respond to any sort of criticism or any sort of Mm -hmm. protests that threaten their you know complete authoritarian position of being able to shoot people legally who don't do what they tell them to do um or even when they do tell them well even when they do what the police tell them to do yeah um but the, I'm just like, what are the Minneapolis police going to, how are they going to respond? But like in the interim before this actually happens, uh, because they have been such monsters in response to these protests. But yeah, just in general, in response to this idea and then in response to, you know, the Minneapolis City Council actually kind of suggesting that it is something that could actually happen. I saw a lot of responses. There were people, you know, saying what what you guys talked about in Act One, the idea of like, well, what do you do if someone comes to your house and, you know, sexually assaults you or murders you or robs your house? Great question. There's this thread that uh, I was forwarding to a lot of people, but I just wanted to kind of almost just like run through the, the main points that I thought were useful so that people had something to that they could get their mind around this concept without thinking that it's just you're asking for anarchy uh, if you if you suggest uh, abolishing the police. So yeah. uh, the first point is that it doesn't mean that it becomes the Wild West and like you can just commit crimes if you want to. Uh, it's a chance to try new tactics while officially declaring the old tactics and institution officially befucked. Uh, I believe whatnot. it's uh, befucked. Befucked, I'm bing, sorry. Let's bing it to be sure. <laughs> let's bing, bing the pronunciation on that. Could I get a... Yeah, yeah she, she makes the point that it's the end of policing as we know it, and it's about recognizing the role that policing plays in our society right now is has never been... Uh, right and should we shouldn't allow it to continue to have the position that it has and 
she she makes the point that almost every one of America's most pressing social issues have just been handed over to the police and been like, all right, you guys have guns and handcuffs like you you handle it. And, uh, you know, then she goes through these a series of examples of like the housing crisis, the fact that police are like the go to people who are institution that deals with homeless people in our world. Uh, in a and lot of cities, never once helped. And they're, I mean, it's like they're <laughs> they're regularly deployed to homeless encampments to destroy them for no reason. Right. And then, yeah, yeah. When when parts of our society are criminalized and then just given to the police to solve, when the police, their whole training has been um, how to escalate a violent situation. Uh, it or doesn't actually one where help one people. doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. It's- a lot of like what, as, as I've been attempting to discuss this with like my family and like, I, I know a lot of people are doing that right now. I feel like some areas I've been able to make headway is just, um, first of all, yeah. Like I feel like a lot of uh, boomers default to like, well, we can't have anarchy. And it's like, well, there is right. A plan if you would simply bing it father uh, <laughs> you would find that there's a number of plans but just also that um crime naturally decreases if you're not creating situations of desperation for people like it's there so many <laughs> crimes can be just made to never happen if you're providing basic services with mental health if you're providing basic services with um for the unhoused like it, it goes on and on like problems disappear if you have systems in place that don't escalate them intentionally yeah like the place that this concept was most familiar to me was how like the war on drugs being changed to more of a treatment funding recovery uh and that that is an idea that i feel like people have at least been exposed to that instead of driving tanks through people's uh homes to do a drug bust we uh find other ways of addressing that situation but public education uh is is a way that this manifests that i think is coming into sharper focus for me at least the idea of just you know obviously paying teachers more reducing classroom size like things that cost money and the way that I, I hadn't realized how many public schools uh, have like contracts with the police to patrol the yeah. entryways and hallways and, you know, arrest kids. The ACLU had a tweet yesterday that 3 million students attend schools that have cops but no nurses. And that's... Wow. Yeah. It just intentionally escalates things. And there's also been... Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of well known. There's a whole website dedicated to teachers who are using their own money to buy supplies and have to like. There's a I forget what. Sorry if you remember. I don't, but there's a specific like GoFundMe for teachers to post. Hey, I want to provide a basic service for my students, but it's not funded by the school, and I can't afford it on my salary. Can you help? And like. Not to mention the fact that, I mean, there's there's so many issues in public schools that, like, it starts with the police, it goes to teachers aren't paid enough, it goes to their, like, teachers aren't hired diversely enough, and teachers don't reflect the communities that they're serving, 
and and then it goes on to like we are still misteaching and omitting so much history that I don't right. know. It, it, it's everything from the way that schools are structured to what we teach in the schools. And right. And one thing that I found, yeah, one thing that I think is really helpful in trying to explain this to people is that when you take money away from the police and when you talk about taking money away from the police, we're not just like, yeah, give me my tax dollars back. It's about taking money away from a department that does not solve the problems that it is supposed to solve and putting that money into other places. The less money the police have, the more money you have for education and for health care and for housing services. Because like, yeah, what is crime in Los Angeles? What is half the fucking crime in Los Angeles? It's living on the street. If you make living on the street not a crime and if you give people living on the street places to live that are not the street, guess what? Crime goes down. You've if you give people problem. you've solved the problem. If you give people who are mentally ill the resources and instead of destroying their homes and taking their shit and taking their meds, which is what the LAPD does to homeless people, then you have a lot less problems with people on the street. Yeah. Yeah. And if you just I mean provide more legal services for unhoused people as well like there's so many there there are so many unhoused people who need to speak with um with legal services and the only way they can get them is by seeking out a nonprofit that serves mm -hmm. unhoused people because the city state whatever level you're coming at it on is just not providing or deeply obscuring and underfunding programs that could actually stand to help and improve their lives there's oh, it just i want to i want to talk about one thing that like all of this sounds so obvious you know when you say it like this is like if you give mm -hmm. people the resources that they need crime goes down because people are not desperate and people are not being put in jail for the economic reality that they live in but there is a reason that our system has been set up like this and there is a reason the war on drugs is a, is a very clear example like jack was saying the point of the war on drugs was not to eliminate drugs. It was to put black people in jail. The point of criminalizing homelessness is not to criminalize homelessness. It's to put people of color and poor people in jail. It is to get them into the prison industrial system. Mm -hmm. And yeah. not only do we do that because our because the whole system is built on putting poor people in the system so that corporations can continue to make money off of them when they're in a private prison or whatever the fuck, but also because... In this country, we, and I mean, we're not alone here, not to say this is simply an American problem, but we criminalize these actions and we do not provide resources because at the foundation of our moral imperative as America is if you do not work, you deserve to be in jail. The mm -hmm. idea that people who do not work or cannot work do not deserve resources like addiction counseling and like permanent supportive housing, the idea that these kinds of things are privileges and not rights is designed to keep people outside of the system of success, you know? Yeah. I mean, when That's you not a, look at really it, a great way of putting it. No, no. I thought that was a really great way of putting it that I like what, yes, when we put it this way, it makes sense the way that they're going to put it or the way that we should almost be thinking about the current status quo is the American public and the media that they kind of consume on a regular basis will generally put all of the things we're talking about funding, they'll frame them as handouts. Yes. And mm -hmm. the, the thing that we are 
spending the vast majority of the budget on is like, you know, they, they won't say this, but it's basically turning the local news into a, an action movie where the police are like a heroic force that we get to watch excitingly, uh, you know, defend these, you know, the myth is powerful. The white supremacy is powerful and it's not, I talked about how the help uh, is the number one was the number one trending movie on Netflix last week, <laughs> and it's so it's so powerful <laughs> like, to believe that white supremacy only looks like Bryce Dallas Howard, and yeah. it's white supremacy <laughs> looks like all of the things that people go to action movies to see. It's uh, it looks okay. like. I've, I've been reading some fucking theory and, and it is, I, I've been reading this book about, the, it's called The Protestant Work Ethic and the Spirit of Capitalism. And it's good. It's pretty dense, but it's good. And the book starts out by quoting Benjamin Franklin and Benjamin Franklin's, you know, he's he's got a lot of writing on this subject, but it specifically quotes one essay where Benjamin Franklin is like, time is money. And if you waste time, it's like wasting money. And if you invest your time, it's like investing money and you make a lot of money, Right. And this is like something I read definitely when I was in fifth grade or whatever, studying Benjamin Franklin. And what I love about this book is that it's a German philosopher and he quotes Benjamin Franklin saying this. And then he's like, okay, so this guy's a fucking pervert, right? Like this guy's (laughs) insane. Like this is a crazy way to think about human life and time. And in America, we think of that as like normal. Like, yes, time is money and uh, money is worth and people are money. And Mm -hmm. if you examine that foundational thing, the idea that somebody who does not work is a waste because they are not money. And the idea that they should not be given money because they do not generate any money. That is what is at the foundation of all, this is why the police have been tasked with solving all of these problems because we don't want to give people fucking money and shit. Mm -hmm. And it turns out, wow, that doesn't actually work. That doesn't solve those problems. And there are so many people who really believe that there are humans who do not deserve to live. I mean, we saw this with COVID where it was like, wow, COVID is really killing old people. And a lot of people were like, well, fuck it. They don't work anyway. Yeah. Right. They're what not do you contributing. Say to those people? They've, they've passed their time of con- like contract and, and the only, right? and, and just making it like the one-to-one of like, uh, contributing to society is directly related to your ability to make money for someone else. Um, yes. And this is one thing that comes up a lot, I find, when talking to older people about homelessness is, you know, I've I've heard this argument from, this is also something that comes up a lot on Nextdoor, if you ever get on Nextdoor. There will always be some fucking boomer on Nextdoor being like, why do we allow the homeless in our lives? And, you know, and then someone will say, well, a lot of these people are uh, mentally ill or physically ill or, uh, you know, just down on their luck. You know, there's this myth of the good homeless person versus the bad homeless person. And the bad homeless person is the one who, quote unquote, chooses to live on the street. And this is always what the boomers say to try and fucking own you. They're like, well, I've met homeless people who it was a choice. They lived on the street because they just didn't want to have a job and they didn't want anyone to tell them what to do. And they would rather live a difficult life on the street rather than get a job and get in the system. And that's supposed to fucking own you because then it's like, here's a person who has refused help, doesn't want help. My thought is, I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't fucking care if somebody is has decided to 
remove themselves from the system, I don't think that means that that person does not deserve resources and help. Right. The idea that you have to be a deserving poor or a deserving immigrant or a deserving houseless person by by being willing to work and being like, I want to participate in this. I simply cannot. And all the boomer arguments are like also erase every systemic uh, yes. situation that puts people on the street in the first place of yeah. uh, people who have been in prison for usually little to no reason at yes. all and are well, unable those people to should, find employment. Those people afterwards. should like, simply they, vote. Yeah, ex- exactly. Exactly. Where it's like, no, this is it's like it is all by design. And yes. um Right. And it's a 80% powerful of and effective design. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Next door is a I bad mean, place. Ne- next door, ring, all those things are really, Citizen. you know, they're they're monetizing this underlying violent ethos of like violence that I don't want to see. Like I don't want it to happen in front of me. I don't want to do the violence, but I, I want it there, uh, you know, maintaining the status quo. Yeah, um, believe belief that people should be punished for yeah. not contributing in the way that's considered societally acceptable. Yes. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so in that thread, uh, Bridget Eileen tweets, abolishing the police is about recognizing that every single effort at police reform has only ever resulted in reinventing the same oppression all over again. It's about recognizing that maybe we just need to start over with a clean slate. Um, and that brings us to uh, eight can't wait which is the sort of crooked media pod save america uh sort of plan for addressing this not just them but like that part of the population the the liberal technocratic version i think pod save the people is the podcast where many of the organizers are are from right um so yeah okay so a can't wait uh that I first want to just shout out to all the listeners who are learning about police abolition versus reform very quickly. Um, I am like, I've been familiar with the concept of police abolition for some time, but I truly did not understand the granular stuff involved until, you know, the past two weeks. So shout out to everyone that is genuinely trying to get good information and wants to understand um, because there's, I, I feel like there's a lot of like zero to a hundred of like, I totally get it. And it's like, I'm still yes. definitely learning. Um, but here are some resources and some arguments against eight can't wait. Uh, so, so yeah, it was put together, um, by a group of activists that go by citizen zero, I believe it is, uh, very citizen zero. Cool. Citizen zero dot <laughs> cool. Um, and they they're basically uh, they date they like rolled out this plan. It was immediately endorsed by a number of celebrities. Um, but it's the eight things that need to be um, done immediately to decrease police violence that they say by seventy two percent. I honestly am not sure where this number comes from. Uh, but for most uh, people, math, Jamie, for it's called it's called uh, math. bing it, honey. <laughs> it's uh, should have binged it, but but essentially, you know, for uh, for many people, that's not uh, you know twenty eight percent too little. But here are the uh, eights that can't wait. The first eight is uh, ban chokeholds and strangleholds, uh, then require de escalation, uh, require a warning before shooting. I think one of my least favorite of the eights that can't wait. 
Also, uh, the one that I think is the most widely adopted. I'm pretty sure all police have to warn you before they shoot already. That's not the issue. That's truly not the issue. Uh, the fourth eight is uh, require that alternatives be exhausted before shooting. Again, pretty vague. Uh, the fifth, require officers to intervene when excessive force is being used. Uh, ban shooting at moving vehicles. Uh, establish a force continuum. You can bing that? that one. Okay. Uh, there, <laughs> and uh, require comprehensive reporting. Uh, the argument against this, I mean, to, to me, I'm very not into this plan. And there's been a number of, of people who have stepped up and really broken down the exact reasons why this reform plan are is sort of just a rehashed version of things that have been tried already. Uh, it does not involve defunding them in really any way, shape, or form. And in fact, a lot of the reforms being suggested would end up costing more taxpayer money to do you know, new training, to do all this stuff that has been attempted in a lot of police reform, and it doesn't work that's why you know like you you can have there there was a story i want to remember what city it was but where a police officer assaulted the person who had given their sensitivity training like it's 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 like it's a parody of itself so i think you know you know there's there's a lot of of people who you know feel that implementing the eights which cannot wait um, will make things better in an immediate sense. And then there uh, is another camp of thought that um, rejects this and uh, an abolition, a police abolitionist group put together the 8-2 abolition plan, um, which is a lot of what we were just talking about. It's uh, defund the police, number one. Love that. Uh, demilitarize communities. Remove police, police from schools. Free people from prisons and jails. Repeal laws criminalizing survival, invest in community self-governance, provide safe housing for everyone, and invest in care, not cops. So there, there, there's a lot. If you are still struggling with the concept of police abolition, like I totally, I mean, I, I, I get it. It's If you haven't considered it before, it's a weird shift in your mindset, right? But It's it, huge. It's really yeah. big. Yeah, it ch- and, and it goes back to like something that I want to focus and, and talk about a lot in the future, which is just the way that policing is introduced to you from the time you are like not old enough to form uh, your own thoughts and ideas and like f- fuck going all the way to fucking Paw Patrol. I'll do it. I'll call out Paw Patrol. But the dude, way the policing fuck is presented Chase, to dude. us. Fuck Chase, dude. Fuck Chase. Chase, resign. <laughs> Chase, resign. I don't Chase want your resign. knee, Chase. I want your badge. <laughs> <laughs> there, I keep pitching this sketch at work that's like Paw Patrol A-cab, and no one votes Thank for you. it because everyone's a coward. Uh, that is such a good idea. What the fuck? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I've gotten so much rejected this week. I don't know where to start. I I did a show at the Hideout in Chicago. I did a show there mm-hmm. last year, Monkey Wrench Comedy, and they had a sketch oh. that was very good. And it was Brooklyn Nine Nine A Cab, and uh, <laughs> it was just great. It was like you know um, the the two main cops being like, "Well, we're gonna have a competition for how many people's arms we can break while zip tying them." Uh, and yeah, it was great. It was fucking great. Right. Brooklyn Nine Nine must A Cab like they're. There was, yeah, it, it's like all 
cop I cannot media do, and the Jamie, way it's I cannot been... fucking tell you how excited I am that the shit I've been yelling about for years is now something people are actually taking seriously. <laughs> Every time I was like, Pop Troll sucks, fuck Chase, everyone was like, yeah, 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 whatever, some cops are good, it's not like he has a gun on Paw Patrol, blah, 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 and I was like, doesn't matter, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I can't, oh, it's so funny, I can't watch it because I can't really, I can't relax, I can't relax and and act like they're not cops on this show. Well, and there's such well, a precedent for that. There's such yeah. a precedent for it, too, of, of like, I mean, I, I, I want to more closely study the entire history of cop shows, because they've, like, evolved and mutated over the course of years, too, where... There's, I mean, it's like obviously the Dick Wolf Empire is something that needs to be spoken to, but even just like the buddy cop genre and making cops cute and fuzzy and giving them these home lives and like these pro and and just giving them these uh, being good guys, being things. protagonists, and just giving them like narrative like weight in a way that victims are never. I mean, just I, the Dick Wolf uni extended universe alone of just the people who appear as victims for two seconds. You don't know anything about them other than here is a corpse or here is like their friend. And it's just, you know, they, it. Those buddy cop movies like Lethal Weapon that you're talking about, like the mm -hmm. thing that is abnormal about these cops is that they're loose cannons. Like that's what's cool yeah. about them is that they can't <laughs> just... even be held to the standards of other police when it comes to using violence. That it's is absurd. what I was raised on. Like that is that I rush fully, hour one. I, Rush I'm Hour glad. 2. <laughs> yeah, speed. Rush speed hour was on sci-fi over the weekend, and it's like an LAPD fucking infomercial recruiting thing. Like, uh, it's, but it's, that's why, like, yes, I, I'm glad you brought up the fact that, uh, you know, I, I am asking for patience uh, as, as I get my mind around and, like, just fucking detoxify uh, you know, the vast majority of media that I consumed for extremely, the entirety of my life. It's really good that people are now talking about the fact that the media that we consume shapes our ideas about things in the real world, the fiction, the fictional narratives that we consume shape our ideas, and that we have all been taught many things that we are not aware of because they were given to us in propaganda. And the fact that we yeah. were surrounded by propaganda is like, it's a very hard thing to come to terms with and it feels really bad because it's kind of inside you. But yeah. I'm I am so excited and so fucking thrilled that people are talking about this and acknowledging this now because you you can't just it feels like until this point there was just a that doesn't apply to me. That doesn't that doesn't apply. I'm not stupid. I know stuff. And it's like you don't it's not about being smart or dumb. It's about being raised in a world that is trying to teach you something in order to use power in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to keep on that beat, but it's, it, it is so like it, it's, we are starting with kids. And so if you like, I, I would say if you're still having trouble, like wrapping your head around, well, but some cops are good. You know, I think I was having a talk with my dad this weekend because we used to live like a few doors down from a cop growing up and there I'm slowly, I swear to God, I'm going to, my dad's going to be Antifa by the end of this month. Like <laughs> we're making serious progress, but he has, yeah. his whole argument was um, he doesn't really watch cop TV shows, but he's just like, well, I don't understand. Like, I don't think that Kevin would ever do something bad, but it's, 
even if that's true, which there's no way of us knowing that that is true, just because right. he's nice to us, his white neighbors, right. uh, the, even if that is true, if we're going on that assumption, he knows someone who that is not true for. And on top of that, it's like you can't think of it on an individual to individual basis. You have to think of like what is the system they're voluntarily participating in. And if it needs to go, it fucking needs to go. Like, fuck, Ke- fuck Officer Kevin. I don't know. There, yeah. there, I will say I'll say this. Why don't you bing Adrian Schoolcraft if you want to find yes. out about a good cop? Just bing that. Adrian Schoolcraft. Uh, Spelled like it sounds. There's a lot of things that we all need to bing and wrap our heads around. But yeah, just keep <laughs> in mind that if you are holding on to the idea of a good cop, just you know, interrogate where does that come from? Does it come from any lived experience you've actually had or does it come from things that you have seen happen on TV or in movies? Yeah. I'm I'm having a very weird time right now because I fortunately do not have to unlearn any cops are bad and don't fuck with them stuff <laughs> because like I I was not raised with the idea that, that cops are there to help you and that has proven uh, extremely useful and good in my life. To, to actually never really depend on cops for anything and also avoid them at all costs. Yeah. Right. That's been yeah, a very, think, very helpful. Yeah. I think a lot of white people are starting to, uh, you know, ha- like the, the idea, the argument being like, what if somebody like there's something suspicious happening at your house? Like, what are you going to do if they abolish the police? Like, realizing that if you call the police you're like wrong that that is causing more problems than it's solving is is something that i think people my friend had a guy with a knife masturbating outside of her window and she called the police and they did not arrive they that's the thing half the time they don't even fucking show up like you just fall off so it's like Yeah, if there's a violent crime and you are assaulted what do you do that's a great fucking question and i would like to answer it currently Right, and if you're, and if you're, and if you're also like, if you're a police detective, like that's a lot of the Law and Order universe. It's the same shit. Like there, I, my one experience with a police detective was when I was in college, and I posted a negative Yelp review about the place that I uh, had been working because they had been like sexually harassing me and been terrible. So I stopped working there, and then I posted a, a Yelp review. They subsequently threatened to murder me, and I lived three blocks away from the police place. They, or not the police place, sorry, the the, the pizza place. They knew where I, I lived, and so they were Jesus. like, "We're gonna send someone to kill you." So I was like hiding in my house, terrified. I didn't know what to do. So it was one of the only times in my life I've contacted the cops. And first of all, nothing happened. They showed up at the place, and they're like, "She's lying," and they were like, "Oh." Okay, and then I had a follow-up call two days later with a police detective that was just literally said, I hope the takeaway you get from this is that you shouldn't post stuff like that on the internet, and it could really come back to haunt you. And that's so, you know, please, there's no actual, what the fuck, there's no, there's very few Jerry Orbachs out there that are like, it's, it's just, it's fiction. It is, and and it, it's fiction and it's good fiction because it gets people to continue joining these institutions because they are motivated sometimes by pure heart, you know? They want to help people, and then they get into a system that's like, yeah, we don't really do that. 
Yeah, I, I was listening to uh, an episode of a podcast I just learned about called Running from Cops, uh, which is a, uh, ep- I don't know if it's an episode by episode, but it's an examination of the live action, like cops, quote unquote, reality show. And, oh, great. Uh, and there's, there's that's another huge thing, but they, they interviewed um, police forces that were like, hey, did you see an increase in applications when this show took off? And they were like, Oh, absolutely. Like there, there's no doubt that seeing like live action interactions and we don't know how, I mean, it's like, it's reality TV. Who fucking knows? Uh, perhaps there's more in the podcast. I've only listened to one episode, but, but that there is a marked, it's the same thing when like a Transformers movie comes out, enlisting in the military goes up. Like it's a proven system. And they pay for this. This is the thing is like, The military pays for this because it works. And the CIA funds the fucking Jack Ryan movies because they make the CIA look cool and good. And to deny that this propaganda is being given to you is just kind of naive. You can say, like, I don't believe it, but you cannot deny that that is the purpose of it. Yeah. That's some good news. I've found that uh, the CIA is funding... Uh, the Jack Ryan movies with oh yeah, what's his face Jim from The Office. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I shout out to to all the listeners that were like, "What's so wrong with John Krasinski?" When I first made fun of some good news, um, I feel that history has redeemed me. Yes, rather. Oh, quickly. it absolutely has. Yeah, I mean, there's all these interviews with John Krasinski going. Well, I always thought the CIA was really cool, and then I got hired on this movie, and I like talked to the CIA guys about how they want to be portrayed because they're so fucking cool, and I always thought that they were like awesome. Fuck John Krasinski. Fuck John. I didn't watch that show, but I listened to a podcast. I think it was uh, Chapo Trap House did a rewatch of that show, and it opens with them being like, "You know what? The worst, like the biggest threat to America is Venezuela, (laughs) because it's like left wing stuff. It's unbelievable." I did voiceover work to pay for my rent one month last year, and had to like recap an episode of Jack Ryan, and it is. Truly, like, there's just like flagrant racism in the first scene, and then, and then we're and we're off to the races. It's yeah, yeah, more cop propaganda. He's a CIA agent, and the narrative that it's like the whole the CIA going into Central and South America and overthrowing, like, instituting dictatorships to, uh, you know, take down leaders of people who are even slightly to the left or talk about socializing lander that is the that's the whole game basically it's fucking it's red scare bullshit and it's so like for people who what's really scary about that is you know we don't learn in school about the many countries that the u.s has overthrown and when the only information that you have about the cia and and the secret service is that they protect the president and like are cool and then they go into these countries and um help them not be oppressed by socialism or communism that's pretty strong you know people just you take that as reality when the reality actually is that um you know a private security firm tried to overthrow venezuela probably funded by trump and they were captured by a bunch of fishermen that's what happened that's what really happens that story is unbelievable because he bit other other uh, private security places were uh, saying estimating it would cost one point five billion, and he asked for a two million dollar retainer, and they were like, "Yep, okay, let's go with that guy." 
He seems like yeah. he knows what he's doing. Sure um, does. So to so to bring it back, I guess to to eight can't wait versus the like eight to abolition plans. Um, you know it's 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 important that you do your homework on it. You gotta bang it. You got like if if it's not if it's an uncomfortable concept to you, like challenge yourself and try to fully understand what it is. And in most of the conversations I've had so far about it with people that I honestly was not expecting to come around have been effective. And it it I mean, look at Minneapolis. It is effective to have these conversations and to challenge yourself beyond the idea of expensive, historically ineffective reform measures. Yeah. One of the uh piece of evidence that really like put into stark relief like what the problem with eight can't wait is is they gave the Tampa police a bad ra- a bad grade for their the eight can't wait and uh the mayor came out and said we actually have all eight already. So um because they're all so vague Did he say it like it's it was impossible a win? to yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we all, no. we already have the eight. Uh, yeah, because I think we the, can't wait. Also, the Minneapolis um, Police Department, I believe, had five of those things as official policies. The issue is yeah. not really what is the official policy of police violence, because in the vast majority of police violence, that's already a thing. That's already a rule. They're already breaking, and they don't get prosecuted for it. It is already illegal to shoot an unarmed person on their knees in front of you. That is yep. illegal. But they do it and they don't go to jail because even though it's illegal, if you have a DA who will not prosecute, then you can just fucking get away with it. That's not, it's not like, we're not not starting from zero here. And every police department has a DA that will not prosecute. Like that seems to be the lesson we've learned. Um, I'm just realizing we didn't take our second break. Uh, So let's do that, and then we'll wrap it up in a couple minutes afterwards. And we're back. Any stories you guys wanted to hit on? There's this Fox News graphic that is... uh, S and P five hundred in the one week after Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination, Rodney King case acquittal, Michael Brown death, and George Floyd death, and they're all you know increases of more than one percent. So people were uh, rightly outraged <laughs> that that Fox did that, and in the context where they were just like, and here's this information, like they treated it like it was. Uh, fun fact. You know, how the yeah, fun fact. This is how the market responds, almost as if like these like murders you're presenting it as a pro, right? Yeah, and right. and like the, this is just a market condition that they're like you know putting out there, like it's a raising of the interest rate or something. They're just like, yeah, and look at that. But I don't know. I th- I think it's worth looking at the fact that i i just think it's a good indication i again this isn't these are five or four data points in you know a sea of history of the stock market and stock market data but i i do think it's a good example of uh you know how 
the stock market is a white supremacist institution inherently. And this doesn't surprise me in the least bit. And like, if this information were being presented by a leftist organization, I would think it was actually a really good point to bring forward that the, the stock market is at least a reflection of our white supremacist culture and also actively thrives on the white supremacist ideals that, you know, make America possible and that are being uh, enforced in all of these cases. Yeah, I mean, provided that Fox News checked their facts on this, which I never trust them to do, but but if if this is, I mean, I think that we've seen as recently, like as recently as coronavirus as well, that things that impact society and impact uh, black people, impact poor people negatively, increase like there there's a a positive effect in the white supremacist powers that be, like that. Unfortunately, like it's like it's not surprising to see these numbers at all. It's fucking yeah. disgusting, but it's not surprising. Trump is our first openly white supremacist uh, leader of the while, past fifty years, yeah. <laughs> and like since we were supposed to like supposedly uh, against that sort of thing, and the stock market has just reached its peak and continued to hit new highs. Uh, since he came into office. So it's, I don't know. That's, I mean, it's, you know, I put nothing past this network, but just like presenting this as a positive is just so, just fucking gross. Well, right. it's it's just like, right. if if the stock market rises when black people die, um, there's a very that's a correlation you know that's i would say that that means that um the stock market is bad yeah uh, mm-hmm. brave alert, brave alert. I, hey right. you said it you said it not me you i said, said it, it not me stock um, market might be a bad system yeah might, only, uh, might not be serving really many people at all yeah i don't know if the huge Capital owning firms that you know uh, pr- provide predatory home loans to black people might actually not have their interests in mind. Right. Wow. Almost, almost as if. Almost, um, almost as if. And you know, this is a crazy thing to say. This is a crazy thing to say. But I think George Bush doesn't care about black people. <laughs> <laughs> I think about that every fucking day now. I like was just thinking about that too. Day. Every day, because every every time something happens. In the news of people, wow, this is crazy. Like, how could this be? I just think George Bush doesn't care about black people. That's what's at the heart of it. Trump doesn't care about black people. Fucking Eric Garcetti doesn't care about black people. Like, because yeah. if they there fucking cared about black people, these institutions would not be standing the way they are standing. It's because people either don't care about black people or actively want them to be fucking eliminated, depending right. on who your neighbors are, you know? Yeah. And not just keeping them standing, like defending them to the absolute death and plowing anyone out of the way. Like it's just, yeah. And holding the, the them way up that as you... systems that are objective as like, this is a place, you know, the whole like the, the black capitalist thing. Well, you know, the solution to capitalism is not black capitalism, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, 
Well, Sarjun, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you for uh, working <laughs> through your uh, demolished voice. And uh, it's, it's, it sorry I didn't make more jokes. On. No, <laughs> it's been a weird week. It's been a weird couple weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah where can people guys, find you, you and follow you? You can find me at heysarajun.com. That's my website. And I'll, I'll be putting some videos up. Um, and, and that's it. You know, uh, look around online, find some good stuff. Oh, you know what? I will give a little plug. Um, the End of Policing is a book by Alex Vital, Vitali. And it is free right now on Verso. And it is a great book. And if you have questions and you were, I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of white friends ask me for resources in the past week. So I am sending out resources. Very good to read about this stuff. Figure out for yourself what you think about it. You know, you don't just have to take my fucking word for it, but the end of policing is free. So give it a read. It's not theory. It's not dense. It's, it's a good book and it's like, it's readable. I, I will say, I hate when people ask for resources and then somebody's like, why don't you read it all? And it's like, I'm not going to fucking read capital. <laughs> I have a job. It's just kidding. I actually don't have a job and I would love it if you guys would Venmo me money. <laughs> there's also At, there's been Hey Sarah June on Venmo. There's free oh. copies of uh Angela Davis's Our Prisons Obsolete. I can link that um Yes, please. as well. But yeah, there's a free PDF circulating of Our Prisons Obsolete, another short to the point book that I read over the weekend and it's also just like a, a great moment to be talking about and remembering Angela Davis where I I mean I was she is alive and well and still speaking to this issue like it's yeah and and I don't know I was having a talk with a a friend of like I didn't learn about Angela Davis in school like I I didn't either I learned about her from 13th yeah it's fucking uh insane I was in my 30s for, for people who don't read that's fine you can watch Black Power Mixtape 1965 to 1972. Uh, I watched that movie when it came out. That was when I found out about Angela Davis and it definitely changed my life. So it's it's a really, really good movie. There's great, great archival footage. The soundtrack's fucking bonkers. It's great. 13th is free to watch on YouTube right now as well. Like there's truly, the resources are there. All you have to do is bing it. Bing it, baby. <laughs> bing it, honey. Bing it, baby. Um... Sorry, June, I asked, I forgot to ask you if there was a tweet or some other active social media you've been enjoying. Oh, there are so many tweets that I like. Um, I will say, uh, you know, I just, I don't know what accounts they are, but there are so many tweets that are threads of, um, there are threads that are videos of police brutalizing protesters, which you can watch. If you have anybody in your life who does not believe that that happens. Uh, There are also threads of racists getting punched that are really good. Some of them are staged. Some of them are not. But you can really learn how to throw a punch from these videos. Um, So, yeah, just, you know, videos on Twitter. That's the shit. It really was like for a while until those cops pushed that old man down in Buffalo. Uh, It was like the only place we were getting to see police brutality uh was on on social media and then i feel like that that video hit and then they were like all right i guess we should probably stop abusing these people who are yeah yeah as 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 horrible and unconscionable as that was it was frustrating and telling to see the people that all of a sudden came around when it was an old white guy who was put in harm's way 
Jamie, did I ask you if there was a tweet or some other work on social media you've been enjoying? Uh, not yet. No. Uh, I will. May I, I mean, ask you that? You may. Thank you for thank you for asking <laughs> for consent, Jack O'Brien. Yeah, I, I mean, it was so, it was so nice talking to everybody today. It is it is very I don't know for it's bizarre getting to I I don't does this make does that make sense? It's it's bizarre as people are like letting BLM leave their newsfeed and they're going back to talking about things that we were talking about two weeks ago and and going back to talking about quarantine and coronavirus. It's all very I just want to remind everyone to set themselves up for a long game and it's if it's leaving your feed um you know ask yourself why why is that is it the people you're following are not paying attention to it and if you feel like i just i just want people to keep interrogating themselves in making themselves uncomfortable talking to their families it's not just one discussion like it it's a long game uh, and 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 if you don't understand and you're still fucking up, like you have to keep at it. That's the whole point. And also if you're, if you have been donating, set up recurring donations. That's one way that I just like, I'm stupid and I let things leave my mind sometimes. So I just set up a number of recurring donations. You don't even need to think about it. And so keep giving to bail funds. Also uh, give to uh, black mental health services, um, is another great place to give. I've been, I set up a recurring donation with Beam. I'll link that too. Anyways, the tweet I would like to shout out is from Brody Reed, the greatest. Uh, he, he, uh, there's been that uh, graphic circulating around of the pyramid where there's overt white supremacy and there's covert white supremacy. Um, genuinely a, a good graphic, but, but Brody edited it and added other things to covert white supremacy, uh, including uh, disrespecting black cosplayers, um, <laughs> saying OJ did it, even though he did, um, specifically Robert Downey Jr. doing blackface, uh, British actors doing American accents. Uh, assuming we didn't have a scene phase in high school, it's just really dissing Keenan Thompson. Like it's just really funny. It's great, um, and everyone should follow Brody at Ao Bro Bro if you're not already. The best at Internet Hippo tweeted: Progressives are fragile weenies. Do you need a safe space? Lol. Protests begin. My God, please call the United States military. Um, which I think is a good summary of the past week. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. We link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. And that song is going to be recommended in the absence of Miles by super producer Anna Hosnier, whose mic is not on. Uh, but she did send me a message and uh, the song will be uh, called Slow Burn uh, by Doomtree I made that sound like I'm telling them to record it now but it's been recorded it's called Slow Burn Uh, it's by Doomtree which is the American Hip Hop Collective and record label based in Minneapolis uh, that POS uh, former uh, future guest on the podcast is 
from so anyways check out uh, slow burn that's what we're gonna ride out on uh, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. That is going to do it for this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. I keep my heart to the sky, I keep my ear to the ground Knowing them vultures can circle, yeah, but there's poachers around So I fly low, barely an inch above the surface Lie low, slice a serpent on a branch instead of sight to chop the rat I love to stop and chat, staying true to fat But if you've seen the view from my shoes, you knew I gotta move Stakes is high but I got walls to paint and slates to wipe There's work for the young grip And I've been known to build without a permit So don't mind me as I breeze on through Running on fumes like a neon tube I get no sleep and I'm in so deep I can't ignore the bottom But you can't blame the seed for what